Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Spark Chasers. I'm Susan Riley, your host, and I have a question for you today. Have you ever received leadership coaching? Now, whether you are a leader currently, so you're an administrator or you are a leader in some other capacity, or you're a teacher or a student aide or even a parent, leadership coaching is not just for current leaders. You can have leadership coaching at any time. And so that's my question that I want to pose to you today. Have you ever had any kind of leadership coaching? If not, I would highly recommend finding yourself a coach or a mentor who can help you grow towards your goals. Now, if that is through listening to this podcast, I am super honored to be able to help you with that a little bit. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a little leadership training series, if you will. I'm going to be covering some things that typical leaders would be interested in. And if this is something, an avenue that you want to explore a little bit, the next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting for you. Even if you've never considered taking on a leadership role, I highly encourage you to tune in and listen because I truly believe that in some capacity, everybody is a leader. It's just a matter of what your zone of genius is, right? Now, I have a master's degree in administration. I love leadership. It is really where I live and it's what I love to breathe. I just, I enjoy leadership. And when I was a kid, I thought that leadership meant like being the boss, right? Being the the person who is the front of the line, if you will. Um, And as I've gotten older and as I've had more and more leadership opportunities, Um, I have subscribed to what Simon Sinek calls leaders eat last, right? You're actually the caboose. You're the one who, who ends up kind of pulling everything together for folks. And it's not that you are the one bulldozing ahead and in charge. Um, although my team would, might sometimes disagree with me when they call me boss lady, um, But really, leadership is an act of service. And in fact, it's one of our core values at the Institute that we serve first. And while we believe that we are all leaders in helping others use arts integration and STEAM, it's not that we are first, right? It's not that we are better. It's not that we are the one on top. It's that we are serving people and leading through service to help everyone rise together. So um, in my background with administration and, and, you know, my master's degree in that, I kind of thought for a little while, oh, I've had all this training in leadership I don't need anymore. 
Um, and how wrong I was. <laughs> the more I read, the more the older I get, the more I understand that leaders are ferocious learners. Um, they read more than anybody else. They are constantly taking courses and learning. And one of the best ways that I have found to grow in leadership over the last two years has been with some direct coaching. So I've been fortunate enough um, to have some of that direct coaching from some fantastic individuals. And today I want to share with you one piece, just one little snippet that I learned from them that I think has the potential to transform educational leadership. And that is called the Be, Do, Have model. Now, this model is not necessarily meant for leaders, but I think having learned it through my direct coaching, I think it has the potential to be a game changer for educational leadership. So if you feel like you're a little bit stuck, like you know what you want, but you just can't seem to get it, this model may help you unlock that door because it certainly did for me. So a little background, um, about two years ago, I felt like I was spinning my wheels. Like I knew the goals that I had for our institution. I knew the goals that I had for myself personally. Um, but I felt like no matter what I did, and I was doing a lot, a lot, um, I felt like I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to get to that goal. And it, I just, every time I thought I'd get close, it moved on me, right? It felt like it moved one step away and I had to do one more thing to try to get it. And I was constantly kind of chasing my tail. And I remember having this conversation with my coaches um, and they both looked at me at, separately and said essentially the same thing. You're going about this all wrong. You need to use the be, do, have model. So I learned this model from my coaches, Jim Fortin and James Wedmore, and both focus on mindset and reaching your full potential, both of those coaches. So when I was doing direct coaching, it wasn't for leadership coaching, it was for mindset coaching, because I knew the thing that was blocking me from achieving my goals was the thing in between my two ears, right? Our brains get in the way more often than not, which is unfortunate because I really like my brain, right? Um, and I connect as a person to being quote unquote smart. And as educators, um, I think we can see this from both sides, that as educators, we also consider ourselves to be smart, smart people. And we are trying to help our students be smart in all kinds of ways, right? There's not just one way to be smart. Um, and so for us, um, we're trained in how to help students learn and how we can learn. But oftentimes that is actually a roadblock to getting us what we want. That mindset becomes important. Now, um, when I say mindset, and if you're like me two years ago, when somebody would say mindset to me, I'd go, oh, that woo-woo stuff that <laughs> is all sparkles and rainbows and, you know, meditation and sitting for hours in that yogi position. And yeah, I don't have time for that, right? 
Um, but what I've learned in the last two years is that that's not mindset at all, right? Mindset is simply shifting how we think about things in order to help us reach our full potential. Now, in the be, do, have model, we are shifting our traditional focus from on what we want and our goal and flipping that on its head. And here's what I mean. Normally, we set a goal first and As educators, we do this really, really well. In fact, it is how we are judged in our performance. Did you meet the expectations that were set out? Did you meet the standards? Did you meet the assessment goals, right? Those are the goals. So we know how to look at a goal and set that goal and then try to get ourselves to that goal, right? So we focus all of our energy on achieving that goal. In the be, do, have model, the goal is the have, right? It's what we want. But there are two other steps that have to come first, do and be, right? All the way back to the end is be. And basically the premise is that in order to have what you want, you must first be the person who would have those things and think about what that person would do in order to achieve their outcome. You shift the focus from achieving to being. If you can unlock this one thing today, my friend, it's going to change everything in how you approach stuff. From how you teach, to how you lead, to how you parent, to how you hold yourself accountable. You want to shift from focusing on the achievement to focusing on the being, all right? Now, again, I get it. This sounds a little woo, so we're gonna go into some examples, all right? I am a very practical, step-by-step person, so let's do that from this perspective, okay? Think about something that you'd like to have. Like, I'm gonna pull something out of thin air. Like, think about if you wanted a leadership position. Let's say you wanted to become an assistant principal or a principal or a an arts integration specialist or a leadership coach, some sort of new leadership position in your building. All right. In this be, do, have model, you would need to consider who you need to be in order to be successful in that new leadership position. So would you need to be confident? Would you need to be supportive? Would you need to be a good listener? Would you need to be a problem solver? Think about the very best leader that you know, whether that's in education or not. Think about the very best leader, okay? Somebody who you admire. Who are they as a person, right? Who are they um, in order to be able to step into that role? Who do they need to be? right? So you start by listing those things out. What are the things that I would need to be in order to have that leadership position, right? Would I need to be organized? Would I need to be somebody who um, kind of is able to structure their time well? Who do I need to be? Once you figure out the qualities of a success, that a successful leader embodies, then you would consider what do successful leaders do? Do they collaborate and model with teachers? Do they take courses or coaching to become even better at their jobs? Do they embrace challenges or shy away from them, right? So these are the things that once you know who they are, who they are being, then what are the things that they do in order to feed that person who they are being? 
right? If they are a problem solver, they do seek out challenges in order to practice being a problem solver, right? Does that make sense? For me, that changed the game because what happens is that once you are are that person, right? Once you step into that being, you begin to do the things that that person would do. And that leads you to have what it is that you want, right? And this can apply to literally everything in our lives. It's not just our jobs. Think about, like, I know for me, when I, um, particularly now that my daughter is shifting into those teenage years, right, um, I want to have a great relationship with her that is trusting, that she feels like she can come to me with anything and not feel as though she would be embarrassed or that I would reprimand her or whatever, because I know that this is this is a challenge challenging period of time. Those of you who who work with high schoolers, you know, right? Um, And so as a parent, I want to have a positive, trusting relationship with my daughter. In order to do that, right, who do I need to be as a mom? I need to be a good listener. I need to be somebody who, um, who listens and doesn't judge first, but instead listens to, res- to you know, kind of respond and interact rather than react. I need to be somebody who is patient um, and understands the emotional waves that come with high schoolers, right? I need to be um, a person who is proactive in um, connecting with my daughter where she wants to connect, right? And then what are the things that I would need to do in order to do that? Well, I'm going to need to show up and take her to practices that she wants to go to, or I need to um, make sure that I am having conversations with her at dinner and I'm not allowing like just for the retreat into the screen, right? That is, those are the things that I can do as that patient involved, but not hovering person, right? And then that leads me to having a better relationship with her in her teenage years. See how that kind of works? Instead of just focusing all of our efforts on the goal, we need to shift our focus over to who we can become, right? The power of the be, do, have model is that it provides you with a roadmap towards becoming the person you need to be in order to have what you want. So what are some things you want? Consider for yourself, what are some things that you want to have in your profession, in your personal goals or aspirations, in your family and relationships, and in your mental and physical health? Try creating a list of what you want from each of these categories and then pick one to use with this model and see who you'll need to become in order to achieve that goal, right? I have something in each of these categories, something that I want for my profession, something that I want for myself in my personal goals, right? And my personal aspirations, something that I want for my family and my relationships and something that I want for my mental and physical health. Um, and I focus then once I know what I want, you have to, you have to know what you want first, right? So you do have to, to think about what's your goal, but once you know that, 
then you start to unpeel those layers and start to think about, okay, who do I need to be in order to have something like that? And for me, it's really helpful to visualize that. Um, another great example, this is something that people use all the time. I want to have a better salary, right? Like I want to have a certain amount of money in our bank account. Okay, well then who would I need to be in order to have that? right? Um, in my leadership coaching experience with these two individuals, I'm in a group with some other people who are business owners and their goal is to have a $500,000 year or a million dollar year working on their businesses, right? And if you have a teacher pay teacher store or you have your own business, maybe your goal is to, you know, have a, a $50,000 year or just a, a $10,000 a year, whatever it is, right? Who would you need to be in order to accept that kind of income level? Um, and so for a lot of people who are working in that, you know, kind of focus area of having a business and a store or whatever, they're thinking about, all right, that's a lot of money. That's scary for me because, wow, I've, I've never had that before. Who would I need to be in order to accept that? right? Because then I would know the steps that I need to take in order to get there. Um, now, one word of caution. We live in a world, especially in education, where achievement is highly valued, right? I really believe that this is dangerous. Um, and we're perpetuating this with our kids. I think it's one of the worst things that we could possibly do with our children. <laughs> um, and I think it's the worst thing we could do for ourselves, we are human beings, not human doings. Our value is not in what we achieve, but rather in who we are. Now, I say this as much for you as for me, because for me, this has always been a struggle. I am the type A kid who sits at the front of the class, who wants to always get the A, right? And do all the things. Make sure that my hands are in everything and I'm constantly doing, doing, doing. Because if I'm doing a lot and I'm getting those A's, then I'm worthy, right? I'm showing my worth. But that is backwards. The only way that we can achieve our goals is by becoming the person we were meant to be. And I fully believe that social media I'm, just, I'm not going to get on a rant about social media, I promise you, but I do believe that social media contributes to this a lot, that we're constantly seeing people doing all the things, right? And we're looking at these pictures and we're like, oh my gosh, how does she have time to do that? I, there's no way that I have time to do that. And we feel less than because we're not doing all the things or, we, or we're seeing somebody who's achieving all the stuff and getting all the awards and we're like, oh man, right? One more time. It's I'm less than because I didn't get the award because I didn't do enough. It's not about doing enough to achieve your goals, my friends. It's about being who you were meant to be. We need to shift our focus. Right now, it's on the wrong stuff. Shift it back to who we need to be and then think about what do we need to do strategically, not all the things, but just the things that that person, right, who is that, who achieves that all the time? Who's that person that we are becoming? What are the things, the strategic things that person needs to do in order to achieve this one goal, right? It's not about doing all the things. It's about doing the things that help you become the person you were meant to be. Because you can have anything you want. You just have to have the courage to be that person first.
So I hope that this one model, this be, do, have model has been helpful for you today, has maybe shifted your perspective in some way. Um, it's If it takes a little bit, you might want to listen to this episode a couple of times because I know for me, I've had to learn this lesson a lot. I've had to learn it over and over and over, and I'm still learning it. It is still the thing that goes on in my head that every time I want something, I have to think, okay, who would I need to be in order to get that? Um, it's just kind of a mantra that you got to think about. But once you do, think about all of the ways that this is going to impact your life, which is amazing. So um, if you have questions, if you want to chat about this, make sure you head back over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers and click the button on chat with me so that you can send me a note, either a text or an audio or a video, whichever is your preference um, to let me know what your questions are or if you've tried this or just to have a conversation about it because I know it's something a little bit different. And so I'm hoping that it's helpful for you as well. Remember that we are better together and we are constantly chasing the spark of creativity as we move ahead. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Well, check that off your list, my friend. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.